Religious movements have had a long history in America. From the Great Awakening in the 18th century to the Jesus Movement of the 20th, seasons of what some call moves of God are in no short supply. The most recent of these religious movements is what is now being called the Asbury Revival. What began at a small Christian university in early February quickly caught the attention of many. Among Christians, it sparked conversations regarding its legitimacy and religious pilgrimage. In this episode, we ask, how should we think about the so-called Asbury Revival? Is it real? Can we rightly call it a revival? More importantly, how should we think about what ought to happen on the other side of it, once the movement has ended? All that and more on this edition of the podcast. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Reichert Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. How are you, Riker? Doing, you know what? I'm doing well, I think. That's great. Busy week. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was just a very busy week. So I think after today, I'm just going to be just relaxing a little bit. You know, Ooh, for, let's go. You know, very just rare. Just enjoy some needed. time off, you know. Yeah. If, I, right after this podcast, I'm just going to, I'm not even going to pack up my stuff. I'm just going to lay on. <laughs> The couch, on the studio on some floor. random couch. Yeah, the studio floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finding a couch, too much work. Well, yeah, I guess uh, we're kind of doing, throwing a little curveball here, and uh, yeah. we're talking about kind of a recent event, kind of interjecting it into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, just the the revival, you know, quote unquote, that's going on in Asbury. Asbury which is Col- is that the town is it Asbury name? Asbury College, or is it the college? Maybe it's both. Could be the town. I'm actually not 100 percent on that. Either no, way, it's... as yeah, Asbury um, is it a university or college? No, yeah, it's Asbury University in Wilmore, nice. Kentucky. Wilmore, nice. Yep. Yeah, so maybe maybe we can just set this up a little bit for those people yeah. who might not be familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess we could offer just like maybe a brief timeline or summary would be helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. that'd be helpful for me. Um, so it started February 8th. Um, and that, what, what, what day was February 8th? I don't even My birthday was on a Thursday, which would have made that a Wednesday, I think. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, February 8th. So, um, Asbury University is a Christian, private Christian university. Um, in Wilmore, Kentucky, and as is, it's fairly common among Christian universities um, or in colleges that there are um, chapel meetings, yep. um, either you know a few day, times out of a uh, few days out of the week, or some universities have them, you know, Monday through Friday, um, and there are certain requirements in terms of you know students attending that sort of thing. So Wednesday, February eighth, it was a, I guess a normal, you know, regularly scheduled. A yeah. chapel meeting. I think in um, the morning, mm-hmm. which is usually how they are. Yeah. And after after the chapel service ended, uh, a few students just felt, I guess, the the need to, the need and the desire to continue worshiping and praying for each other. So they did that. Um, and the other students obviously went back to, to, the, to class. Um, but as the day went on, students stayed there and and continue yeah. to pray and worship and, and sing together, and more and more students felt drawn to snowballed. that. And so it kind of yeah, kind of just yeah. grew and grew and grew, and then eventually caught the you know caught the eye of people outside of Asbury. Yeah, and 
Well, I think people that first day even they stayed it. like really late into the night. Like people were bringing mattresses to the right. I read the about chapel that, yeah. and, and like so it was going for a long time, and then yeah. kind of just spilled over into the next days, and then yeah, out out from there. Yeah. So it's been going on now for you know a good two weeks, two and a half. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, two and a half weeks. I did like hear that. that uh, I think like the administration at the university is saying we're winding things down uh, yeah i think today was the last uh, uh, we're recording this on february 24th yeah um so today was the last day of like official like, public like event like that yeah. where public was going to be because that's where the i guess the university i don't know you know what day this happened or how it all played out but eventually they started you know like having these events i guess i don't know if broadcast is the right word but like like you know as legitimate events they had like mm-hmm. uh like different amenities i think salvation army came out and was feeding people and right. you know there was uh they would uh set up like a i guess like a streaming for those who couldn't make it mm-hmm. into the main right. you know into the main room yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it so seemed I mean, like that was um seemed like part of that as well was just the logistic side of things because it's right. it's a small right. town Right. Um, and so, like, to alleviate kind of the pressures of having to accommodate, you know, yeah. tons of outside people, it's right. like, okay, let's put on a live stream. So I could see yes. kind of the use yeah. of that. They were just, my point was just, uh, it didn't just stay kind of like as students, like, you know, right. the community got right. involved and, you know, it was yeah. an actual yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, some, I guess some, you could say some big names in, you know, the evangelical subculture kind of made their way as well. Although interesting to me that they didn't, you know, highlight them, you know. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. So all that's been happening and it looks like all of that is coming to a a close, at least that, you know, at Asbury, but it's spread to other campuses. I think the university and Cedarville university are kind of seeing the beginnings of what seems to be kind of similar to how it started Mm. um, at Asbury Sure. I understand. Well, and lots of churches it like have talked about it as well. Um, like mm-hmm. this past Sunday, like you know, my church mentioned what was happening from stage, and yeah. So it, it's not just you know, it wasn't just that location, but mm-hmm. you know, people are talking out, uh, about it outside of colleges, even you know, in mm-hmm. churches. So, so yeah, it's it's had quite quite an effect. Yeah. Um, cool. Shall we roll into our first question? Yeah. Let's do it. A question from the pew. All right. Question one. How should we think about the so-called Asbury revival? Wow. So so we put so-called in there just because... Yes. There's... That's going to be part of our discussions. Like people are trying to decide what to rightly call this, and we'll get into that later. But that's not to you know poke fun at you know what's happening there. Certainly, no, by any means, no, not at all. Yeah, no poking fun uh, at all. But just yeah, trying to discern like how to how how yeah, should what's we think happening. About it. Yeah, and yeah. and the, I think that's important too. It's like how should we think about it? Sure. Not what should we think. Of. We're not here as with a lot of our topics. We're not here saying you need to think this way or. Sure. We're not trying to be prescriptive at, by any means, but, yeah. you know, maybe asking, yeah, offering perspectives and maybe asking questions that lead to other kind of questions. Yeah, yeah you yeah. do it the conclusions as you feel should be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, or do, think, you, do you want to start? Yeah, I can okay, maybe yeah. just offer a broad kind of sentiment and sure. that we should examine it critically. Sure. Um, and critically... We've talked about this before. I'm not saying critically, like, in a negative way, like, always critiquing, sure. you know, in a negative light. But maybe a better word maybe is discerningly. I don't know. Examining, yeah. you know, not just accepting everything that's happening there, but really questioning uh, or asking questions. Questioning, I feel like, can get a bad, can get sure. bad, like, connotations as well. But, sure. um, but, yeah, asking questions about, you know, legitimacy um, motivations, um, even though that's, you know, in a lot of ways, it's hard to pin down. 
sure. But um, or even questions about okay, what now? Now that especially now that it's sure. ended, you know, okay, well, where do we go from here? Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think I think that that we should definitely do that. Um, yeah, I think I think how I would want to start is just by saying everything that we say it, it's not to put people's individual experience down or like I know like there's been a lot of people even that I know personally who have had like an emotional response to like you know this whole thing or a revival in general or like specifically this revival and how it might spread um so what I'm not trying to say is that you know when when we talk or, or any of the comments I make is not to delegitimize any of those like experiences um, but it's also to say, okay, well, like, what is a revival and, you know, what should it lead to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, what are the, its characteristics? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what we're doing. Uh, so yeah. it might be helpful to put that out in front in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Um, with that said, <laughs> can I just jump into being crazy? <laughs> I think I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to jump in. I don't know. Yeah. So. I guess for me, we have to differentiate a time of extended singing and prayer, which is awesome, and not to downplay those type of things. I, for one, do singing and worship and prayer every week. <laughs> you know, at my church, I'm a, I play a role uh, in, in like you know creating an environment where people want to sing and praise and I guess worship. How, yeah, worship is what we call it. Um, so that's great, and I think that those times are great. And it's even fun that, hey, we, you know, as, at Asbury University, almost called it college, university, they, like, took up a, a whole bunch of time, you know, two weeks of time. Uh, and, hey, maybe that's what we need sometimes. But I think we need to differentiate that from, like, what a revival is, um, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, there have been, you know, there's different definitions of what, a, like, a revival is. And I like to think that my definition is informed by the Bible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like so when I think of revival, I guess the common traits I think of are like repentance and then like social change. And where I guess where I'm getting that from is like uh, in the Old Testament, like with the kings who like the good kings of Judah which there are no good kings in the northern kingdom of Israel. But, you know, when the the United Nation of Israel separates after Solomon is king is and Jeroboam and Rehoboam, you know, split the two kingdoms. Um, and the book of Kings and Chronicles goes down all the, you know, what each king did and if they were a good king or a bad king. And when a good king comes along, like Asa or Hezekiah, you know, they there's like a literally a turning around so there's like repentance uh so they you know turn away from the the ways that are contrary to um yeah like god's law even in uh i think it's is it josiah's mm-hmm. reign where they yeah. they discover it and it's like oh my gosh they yeah. discover the book of the law uh yeah, and oh go ahead no yeah i was agreeing it was yeah, yeah. josiah yeah and so then you know, they discover the book of the law and it's like, oh man, we haven't been, you know, doing this. <laughs> and so then mm-hmm. they, you know, there's a turning around or a turning back towards, you know, what Israel was originally called to be, which is a, you know, a nation of priests that, you know, disseminates God's blessing to the nations. Um, so there's this turning around and then there's also like an actual change in the world that happens. So they actually physically go to these, you know, false temples and and idols and tear them down and they they, you know the structure of the world that they live in is changed because it's like we're not you know we're not doing we're not worshiping these gods anymore and we're not following you know i guess the perspective that uh worshiping this god like creates or how we view the world because we worship these false gods we're not going to do that anymore and we're going to show that by physically dismantling you know the shrines and temples and all that stuff and so I guess like, and the thing is, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is like revival has come to mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But I think when I think of what a revival is, 
I think of repentance and I think of social change. Um, and it's great to do, you know, extended times of singing and that can be very powerful, uh, especially like for personal issues in people's life. And I don't want to downplay that, uh, but I do want to say the the Bible and like God's message is is also maybe more so concerned about social ills and uh, injustices. It's also concerned about you know personal well-being and and uh, I guess mental health would be our term for it. Um, also concerned for those things, but I, I think that's more of a background uh, background issue or theme in the Bible than like revival as kind of a social movement. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. That's just my first initial thoughts. Yeah. No, I think those are some pretty good thoughts. Um, and I agree with, I think, most of them. And yeah. historically as well, I think, like in our conversation on evangelicalism, we talked about, like, there's no governing body saying this is what evangelicalism is. And here's sure. a straight definition. But it's centered around different um, different points, um, different foci, if you will. And around that, that's what the evangelical movement is centered around. And sure. I think in large part, if we maybe that would be a helpful way of thinking about the, you know, how we define revival. It's, you know, it's focused on these certain things and then maybe there are sub elements, you know, underneath that. Um, so like there's usually it's agreed upon that it's repentance, conversion, and then some sort of outward movement, like societal communal change. Yeah. Um, those are usually the common elements of historic um, revivals. And as you pointed out, right, like we see some, you know, we see those elements as well in, you know, let's go back to the, you know, Josiah, like the, jo the Josiah reforms, right? Yeah. So they find the book of the law, there's repentance there, right? And then moves into societal change. Obviously, there's, you know, a lot of political things that's happening there as sure. well because it's coming from the monarchy. That sure, sort of sure, thing. sure. The, you know, that being pointed out, th those elements are still there. Um, and so, uh, I will say this though, that we are in a very different spot from what we see biblically in that revival or those sure. revivals. Cause when we've yeah, talked about there's it, there's no episodes, connection like, of yeah. civil and religious right. we're, powers. We're not a Christian nation in terms yeah. of a theocracy. Sure. Um, right. Um, so it's, it's slightly different, but regardless, again, um, even apart from that in an American context, that's usually been those kind of elements, the repentance, conversion, and societal change. Sure. Um, whether it's whether it's change in, like, you know, quote-unquote secular society, you know, improving, or an improvement of, you know, the, the religious community, you know, from, you know, from which the revival is birthed, you know, whether change needed to happen in that religious community, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, uh, so there, there's been some sort of like you know, um, um, visible change uh, within that, um, and and I think I would agree with you definitely. Like, it's not it's got to be more than just singing and prayer, as good as those are. Those are I think yeah. those are elements that lead to or are part of the you know the process of conversion and repentance and whatnot. Sure. Um, but and but certainly not the the core. Um, you know, element, uh, sure. I'd say, probably. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, I think one thing about this that just like rubs me a little bit, um, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I, I think this point, by calling this a revival, which to be fair, uh, the people who are even participating in it, some of them are not calling it a revival. Like you said, there's no nobody has officially stamped revival on this thing, but it is a word that's being the tossed. revival association has. <laughs> yeah, they, the revival association of the United States uh, <laughs> officially. Uh, maybe we could start that. Um, yeah, so there's people who are you know not everyone is saying that it is, but it's a word that's being tossed around a bunch. Um, and I think 
once again, like calling it a revival, like a time of singing and prayer, which is great. I think it points to our focus on like individual piety and, you know, um, once again, I, I guess like following Jesus being about like mental health. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed this trend, but it seems like in churches, which I, I'm very, my w- wife is a clinical, clinical mental health counselor. So I think it's a very important and healthy thing to do is to focus on our mental health. Uh, cause you can't, you can't, uh, help people if you're just spewing, uh, you know, the, the consequences of things people have done to you or things you've done, you know, back onto everyone around you, obviously then you can't be a very good, you know, conduit of God's blessing if that's what's happening. So it's a very important thing, but it seems like we've, we've, we've missed, like we've now made, that's like what the gospel is about. And, you know, maybe not in those terms, but you know, it's about like, you know, being a healthy person or, you know, or just having an inner peace or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, which once again, those aren't bad things, but I think, I think God's mission for us is a higher call to actually embody, you know, Christ's message in the world, uh, by, you know, building things, being a part of projects, you know, helping people, whatever. I mean, there's any infinite number of ways that you could embody it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think our tradition one is not focused on, you know, the ways that it is embodied in the world. Um, and then, you know, times like this, where this is called a revival, where maybe it's like helping people's mental health or giving them peace or, you know, you know, whatever it might be. And those are all good things. Um, but I think it shows, I guess the emphasis that American Christianity has on like the personal individual piety slash peace versus maybe what I think the Bible's call is, which may include that, but also includes societal reform and activism. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you bring that up because that's been a pretty common thread among the testimonies of people who have been at the revival. Sure. Um, even from the very beginning, there's been a talk of an overwhelming sense of peace. Um, that's what the students felt at the end of the chapel service. And when, you know, visitors would come, you know, a week after all of this had been happening, uh, they would talk about the sense of, um, sense of peace, uh, as well. Um, and that's not, again, that's not to downplay that. I think a lot of that was especially in light of the, like the tumultuous, you know, two or three years that we've had. Um, and so that was, they, you know, they saw that as kind of, yeah, God moving on that, um, you know, sure. from that context. Uh, and that's fair. And I've also heard of stories of reconciliation among the students on campus um, as well. So, you know, there's, yeah, there's some, vis- I guess you could call that a visible change within the community as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 I don't think... I'll put it this way. If the if revival is marked only by kind of that, that inward, you know, change, like what you know, whether it's that peace or comfort or yeah. a, a greater sense of God's presence in your life. Sure. If that is the end of um like the, I think that's I'll put it this way. <laughs> that's an incomplete, I think, picture of what revival has historically been understood to be. Sure. Right, because that's not moving into that. It's not moving from the inward to the outward. Sure. On the like, we wouldn't say, for example, a um, a great social movement that you know took care of, um, you know, took care of the orphans or the the homeless in in a in a city. Um, if the if a society did that without any spiritual. Sure. Know, undertones to it, we wouldn't call that a revival. Sure. On the flip side, if we only have the inward kind of focus thing, and not moving into the outward societal communal change, I think it's all—it's just unfair, just as unfair to call that, um, you know, a revival sure. uh, as well. And that, yeah, that, I mean that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, my summarizing point was: I think at this point, at least, um, it might be too early to call it. Uh, 
or revival. Sure. And I think that speaks to kind of the the uneasiness with which, you know, people who are involved in the kind of movement um, have about, you know, this being called a revival. There's just not a consensus about, yeah, this is definitely what we're all going to call it. it. Sure. I don't even, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting that you say inner and outer or like, yeah, if there was like a, you know, let's just say like the, like the civil ruling bodies of a city decided, you know, we need to do, you know, we need to write said social ill. It's like, is that a revival? Mm-hmm. And I guess, I guess no. I mean, but yeah, revival I guess, is inherently like a religious. Well, that's what like I, spiritual thing. my question is, do you think, do you think a revival is something that happens within God's people? Like, is that, it's a revival of God's people, which mm. is made manifest by what happens outside? Um, or is a revival a thing that happens to this society as a whole? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What is, like, what is a... That's a fair question, yeah. Mm. I guess in the Bible, and once again, this isn't then, obviously, the once again, the civil and religious authorities are the same, you know, uh, or not if not the same, they're very closely connected tied together yeah Yeah, in the old testament Uh, there's a reason why josiah was the one who you know right is the one who's fronted as him yeah right so that's where it's like i guess there you could you could both say that it was god's people in the sense of it was israel but then you could also say it was societal because they're the ones who are crafting the society um but well here's like an interesting question like what happened in nineveh was that a revival like, would you call that a revival? Mm. I would Some call people it... people would. I've seen... I've, yeah. You know, I've seen people call it a revival. Right. Well, that's... I think... I'm still maybe working on this, but I feel like it's, it isn't a revival. One, because any mm. prophet who walked into Nineveh and said, this God's going to kill you, they all would have been like, oh, what do we got to mm. do to appease it? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is basically what they did with yeah. Yahweh. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's really a revival... Uh, but it well, definitely yeah, because Nineveh okay. wasn't a Nineveh. The people of Nineveh weren't God's people. Yeah, well, that's right. So, right. like, like a revival what is there to is, revive, <laughs> right? Yeah, if it's maybe a new, a new life, you know, yeah, if we want sure. to kind of go the mortality like m- metaphor, sure. but it's certainly not bringing back to life something that was dead. Yeah, sure, or something that was alive uh, and then and then became dead. Because that's right. what I think and of then, with revival yeah. is yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you were yeah, that's a, a better way to do it. Like when Israel comes into the land or whatever and sets up the the you know the social the monarchy God's kingdom or whatever, um, that's not a revival because they're just like setting it up. But then the later kings are, and to be fair, I I don't think revival language is used in any of those. Mostly it's repentance. It's turn around is like the language that's used. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're kind of. In retrospect, it's definitely a modern, those, you know, term, yeah, modern yeah. theological construct. Yeah, right. Um. Anyway, so obviously we can try to draw connections to scripture to inform what we think a revival is. All that to say, I think, I think, I think I would say this relatively confidently, is I think a revival is like God's people being revived. You know what I mean? I think that mm-hmm. I don't think but then the only way I think the only way that that's legitimized um the only way that you can say a, rev, a revival really did happen is if then like those people go out mm-hmm. and in our Christian context start to like enact the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in a in a very tangible way wherever yeah. they are. So yeah. I I don't know. I think I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah, I don't think I have any pushback <laughs> or like <laughs> even fair. like nuancing. Cause they, sure, because I, yeah, because it makes like historically that lines up with what has been deemed revivals as well. Sure, right, like the started with a church group or whatever, and and they, in the way that they responded to that uh, as a, a religious community, had yes. massive effects on their larger society. Sure. Um, yeah, and yeah, yes. you can't separate. Um, you can't separate the two. Sure. Um, and so yeah, it might be. Like, I think it might be good to start maybe 
if we want to, if we are really committed to using the, you know, this idea of a revival, maybe it's the start of a revival. Sure. Um, you know, I guess but again, you wouldn't know. <laughs> time will time will tell whether yeah. this clearly revitalization of people's, you know, um, you know, revitalization of people's like personal faith. Sure. Moves its way outward into, sure, know, into community, into into society. A question from the pew. Question two. If this is a revival, how should we think about what ought to happen on the other side of it? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I guess to me, there's kind of two extremes of looking at it. It's like on the one hand, you know, maybe the the extended time of singing and, and praise and, you know, uh, congregating, you know, maybe that is the start of a, of a movement that that then turns into social change. But I think my hesitancy with this whole thing is like, you know, if you think about it as like this as a worst case, which unfortunately is just always where my brain goes. So welcome to (laughs) Luke Manning's brain. Uh, But worst case, I think that it could be like a distraction. And what I mean by that is kind kind of what I was talking about before. But I think there are real social issues in this in the nation you know racial economic you know whatever else um that i think the church could have an incredible hand in addressing and then that would be an incredible witness to the world of like you know what the church is which is these collection of so much you know different people from different backgrounds different political ideologies you know whatever it is you know coming together and like addressing the ills of society, um, which I think is a part of the American church that's like vastly malnourished, um, and you know different, tra- and that's broad strokes. So different traditions will, you know, focus on different things. But um, I think that that's that's like an opportunity the twenty first century American church has been given is like this opportunity. Uh, to like, you know, repent and make social change. I mean, at least like the white American church has a lot of capital. And by that, I just mean money and like social connections. You know what I mean? Like it's an incredibly well-connected network of people and people who have connections to money. Uh, And so there's just a lot of good that you can do with that capital. Um, At worst, sometimes I look at this, you know, event, what happened in Asbury. And it seems like it's distracting us from doing the good that I think God has called us to do. Um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think people have bad intentions or anything or they're, you know, they don't want to do that social change or anything like that. But I think we've inherited a tradition um, that in its past has um, tended to over-spiritualize issues and problems I mean, for the purpose of not addressing them. So I'm just going to use the big example of like slavery. Uh, We wanted to be able to maintain our Christian piety by converting slaves. But then obviously if they were converted, we'd have to, you know, free them because they're Christian brothers and sisters. And, you know, liberty and freedom is, well, one, it's a thing that this nation was founded on. But then obviously, you know, it's a, it's like a big word even if a big concept like in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, So, you know, rather than, you know, freeing these slaves and, you know, maybe suffering economically and blah, 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 is we just said, no, we can convert them, but then it's, you know, spiritual freedom. So they're spiritually free, but they're just not free from bondage, you know, physically. Um, And so like decisions like that were made in the past and that's not the only one, There's, there's a bunch more. And so a part of me is hesitant because we inherit this tradition of spiritualizing revival. You know, like revival is a inward spiritual thing. Uh, and then it's, you know, and then 
while it might not be a cognitive excuse, it's like a, now we just never think about the outward, uh, you know, revival that could potentially take place. So that's, I don't know, that's all I would say. No, I get that. And I guess I, I'm just a little bit more, I'll put it this way, I'm cautiously hopeful or sure. cautiously optimistic. But yeah. I lean more, I think, towards the cautious side of things. Sure. Um, so, you know, if we're going to put it on the spectrum, I'm not where you're at, but I'm certainly <laughs> not at the point where people are, you know, with people who are saying, oh, this is great. This is clearly a move of, you know, God. Yeah, yeah, and God's, sure. you know, somehow moving in all of this. I'm not saying he's, you know, an absentee, you know, whatever in yeah. all this. And I could be he's, proven wrong, you know, maybe yeah. maybe it explodes and all of a sudden there, you know. Boy, I can't wait be, until I'm, you eat your words. <laughs> Me too. That's a, I would love to eat them. Please, if you're listening to this Christianity, make me eat them. <laughs> no, but that's uh, yeah, it's I'm cautiously hopeful and I come maybe a a window into my background is helpful cuz I come sure. from a tra- a, a church tradition that is all about, you know, God moving in these kinds of ways. Sure. Um, and I've seen it done. I've seen it. I've seen people lean into that very poorly. Hmm. I'm not talking about my, you know, the churches that I've been involved in, but just broadly in the tradition sure. I come from or the movement you know, the Pentecostal charismatic movement. Sure. And so there's always that, um, I find it a lot easier to put up my guard um, than I do to kind of open up and, I hate to say it this way, but like admit or like say, okay, this is clearly God's work, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, So yeah. And, And so for me, again, the cautiously hopeful or optimistic side of, you know, that's my position. Sure. The caution comes from this idea of chasing mountaintops. I think you mm-hmm. kind of hinted at it earlier. It's like, um, right, so Asbury just historically has had eight, now nine, revivals. Oh. All occurring either in February or March. Oh, interesting. This is on their website. Um, so they're uh, historic, like February 1905, February of 1908. February of 1921 and 1950, March of 1958, February uh, February 3rd of 1970, and um, let's see, March 1992, February 2006. And so that's so, interesting because this is kind of yeah. an established part of their like yeah identity, <laughs> right. And especially if you take into account the February 3rd, 1970 date. Sure. It's like to the day, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, so there's, I'm not, I'm not uh, making any judgments on that one way or the other. But like, like that's the background that, you know, this university um, is coming from. And it's coming from the holiness, you know, tradition where it really leans into moves of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm not saying that that's a bad Sure. But this idea of chasing mountaintops where these mountaintop experience, I don't know, is that a phrase? I, that, well, that was a phrase in, again, in my denominational like mm. background, because that was it, something that people were ca- warning against. Yeah, it's not a phrase like I'm common okay. with. Uh, okay, so maybe I'll explain that. Yeah. yeah. So I'll explain it then. So you've got this biblical imagery, right, of Moses going up to the mountaintop to meet with God, these profound moments of clarity um, and just relating to, uh, to the divine, to Yahweh. Um, and so that's kind of the imagery that it draws on, um, you know, Jesus going up to the Mount and he, him being transfigured, Transfigured. it's tapping into that kind of idea. Sure. And so among, uh, you know, among Pentecostal charismatic circles, 
um, you know, I think faithful and responsible shepherds, responsible pastors warn against the idea of chasing those mountaintop experiences because that cannot be, we don't live on the mountaintop. Sure. Uh, is the idea. Sure. Um, th- that can be, you know, part of the spiritual life. But as the book of Psalms shows, there's always, there's a movement from praise to lament, from pleading with God to worshiping him for what he's done. It's sure. n- it's not linear either. It's, it's not like, you know, you start off with pleading and lamenting and then you know, if you keep going, your life is going to end up with praise sure. God and, you know, comfort. No, it's a, it's a constant back and forth and we got to be comfortable with that. Um, so yeah, for me, the, the mountaintop becoming the standard for spiritual vitality is, mm. uh, is troubling. Sure. Um, so that, yeah, that gets my spidey senses, <laughs> I guess, Yeah, sure. uh, you know, tingling. Um, and then the on on kind of related to that is this emotionalism and hype. Sure. Um, it's interesting to me how I mean because the last revival listed was what two yeah two thousand it's like two thousand six okay February two thousand six. I mean I guess there was social media there, but it's been interesting to me what a role social media I think particularly looks like TikTok. Sure. Um, and probably Instagram too, because with the video features or whatever. Yeah, I sound yeah. like a. I sound like a. <laughs> sound so distant from culture yeah, right now. Talking yeah, about the, social media like the this. TikTok uh, video is that a, features. Is that a clock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but like the the way that that was used, sure. Um, or the the involvement it has. I'm not going to say used because it, it's a signing motive, I guess. But sure. The way that it was involved in just news of what was happening at Asbury you know, spreading. And in large part, that's what got all those people there that quickly. I mean, it's only been, it it was only for like two and a half weeks, you know what I mean? And and it got, the the town got to the point where they had to say no more because we cannot handle, um, you know, we can't accommodate all these people. Right. Um, And so, yeah, it's really fascinating to me. And so like the, there's the emotional side of things coming from the religious aspect of it, but then the hype side of things that comes from the social media um, side of things. That combination can be really, I think, really deadly and detrimental to what may be a legitimate move of God. Sure. Well, and that's where I feel like some people, it's like they they had to turn people away because so many people were coming to the uh, town that they couldn't accommodate us. And it's like, that's the win. You know what I mean? For, it seems like sometimes that's like what people attribute as like success or like a move of God, which I think it's like, yeah, that, like, that is cool. I'm, you know, I'm not downplaying that, but then it's like, I mean, as we're talking about, is that, is that the end of it? You know what I mean? Is that we success? Mm -hmm. We did it. It was a move of God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or is, Mm -hmm. or is there something yeah. That needs to happen after that. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, again, so that's the cautious side of me. Yes. But then there's the hopeful and optimistic side. Right? So, like, sure. for me, I think it's great that this, you know, this event, whatever you want to call it, started with, you know, what they call it, Gen Z, Generation Z. Sure. Right? So it's like um, it wasn't coming from people in positions of, you know, yeah, sure. Power or influence in terms of like you know, generational religion, yeah, whatever. Uh, so it started from, from from that, and clearly as a coming from like a hunger for God to to move, whatever that move, you know, sure. Whatever they wanted that move to look like. So sure. there's there's that, and I'm here painting in broad stroke. Um, and again, I, I mentioned earlier, maybe Asbury is a starting point. That's maybe that's the the most hopeful part of it for me. It's like, sure. if this is a legitimate move of God and a legitimate revival, um, then hopefully we will see it pour out into societal communal change um, where it's needed.
Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, and maybe a little bit into my background is I'm just, you know, one of those good old Baptist boys, <laughs> you know, and we don't do, you know, it was a big deal when we put drums in the church and people started raising their hands. You know, that was a, that was a big, uh, mostly it was before I was super conscious, but, uh, but I was still felt the effects of it as I grew up in the church. But so we were naturally um, skeptical of just, you know, anything that's emotionally uh, invigorating, which is wrong because, you know, the scripture and uh, even the way that we teach scripture and present scripture should be emotionally engaging. And, you know, the, the, the how should match the what. And by that, I just mean, you know, how we communicate the message should match the, the beauty of the message itself. Um, so that's wrong. Um, but obviously, you know, I'm sure I will be first to admit, and I'm sure that plays a part into my, uh, immediate, you know, skepticism as I've come from a people who are immediately skeptical, um, of those type of things. Um, that being said, even like the interesting thing about Asbury having kind of multiple revivals, quote unquote, is it's like, I wonder what they mean by do they mean like extended times of worship and praise or do or do they mean that something uh like social change ended up following that you know what I mean and so that's where it's it's kind of interesting cuz I mean if you go back to a 1950 some whatever it was 1950 whatever revival in Kentucky it's like there were obviously tons of social issues in 1950 Kentucky you know and so it's like did were we addressing those or was it you know did was it just a and and that's where I'll admit, I think you're cautiously optimistic. I think I'm fighting to not always be pessimistic. You know? <laughs> and, you know, most of that, I guess, just comes from what I've seen or what I've won, what I've learned about the American church's, you know, history um, in the sense of how it supported, you know, unjust structures like slavery or Jim Crow or, you know, any number of things. Um, yeah, and I mean, as I said earlier, I would love to have my socks blown off or for me to eat my words, uh, and, and they're actually to be repentance and revival. Um, and Asbury is a predominantly white community, um, which obviously is another, uh, the, the people who came to the, you know, who traveled to get to the event weren't necessarily white. I think it was a little more diverse but the community itself that it was birthed out of is primarily white um which to me as a member of a white you know evangelical community um i don't know to me it just adds some overtones you know um that it's like if we're not using our capital our resources you know our our churches to actually help, you know, people in vulnerable, marginalized situations. Um, yeah, then maybe it's, and once again, this is me being a pessimist, <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's just a distraction versus, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever people, I guess a revival is what people would call it. So anyway, I don't know. Hopefully this has some perspective at least. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, here's the thing. We are, I mean, we are still very much, in what's all what's been happening, even though like at Asbury, it's you know, I guess semi officially or officially come to an end. Sure, we're still very much like in it, um, and so you you know, time, yeah, we'll see like in I a year. Earlier, I guess. Time will tell. Like we'll we'll yeah. see what comes from this, and maybe we'll you know look back and say, oh, we were wrong in this, or we were right in sure. this, whatever. Um, it's a, yeah. Yes. hopefully just providing some perspective some yeah. things to think about and to consider from two people who come from i think fairly different um you know even ecclesial backgrounds um and sure. cl very clearly think about it in different ways um, <laughs> um but i think we both agree that we're we're not of a camp that yeah kind of is well, just jumping right on board with it sure and, yeah. well and we, i would we, say yeah. Both of us are like working towards a revival in that we want, I don't know, at least for me, I'll just speak for myself, is I, like most of what I do in my life um, is to help my church community, um, which is a white church, uh, which is in a broader, you know, 
community of the American white church. Uh, so all, you know, predominantly white churches. Um, is like, I, I do want them to repent. And like, I, I think it could be just incredible if it did happen. And so most of the things I do in my life is to work towards that. Um, but then, and so like, that's like what I'm doing with my life. But then, you know, obviously you just see, you see it not happen or you see what has historically happened. And then, you know, you get discouraged or whatever, uh, or you, you don't expect, I guess that's, I guess my life feels like I'm, uh, I don't know, just trying to push a brick wall, you know what I mean? <laughs> and maybe we can push it. And I think it would genuinely take an act of God to push the brick wall over. Um, but anyway, all that to say, so I, I'm all for revival, pumped about it. Hope it happens. <laughs> Please God, you know? Um, but yeah, I just want us to be, let's be honest about, you know, what actually is one. Yeah. I mean, again, I've, I've said it multiple, you know, a couple of times, right? But time will tell. Um, sure. But offering some perspective, I think, in the middle of everything, um, yeah. hopefully it will help, you know, us, you know, as individuals, like you and me specifically, um, <laughs> yeah. but also our listeners, you know, who we're in kind of, you know, conversation with. Um, to help us discern and think through, you know, what's happening. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Well, great. Well, thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the pew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.